Chapter 85 Al-Buruj Fortresses, Constellations By the sky with its Buruj The first three verses begin with Wow of Oath, by Wa, to indicate that they are solemn and oath-like assertions. The word Sama, sky, Sama, is prefixed with the definite article El, the, to denote that the sky addressed is the one above us. Also, in this context, the word that means to possess, as opposed to its idiomatic meaning of essence. Here, the Quran ascribes two roles to Buruj. First, it talks about the beautiful sky that people on earth can observe and are exposed to, and second, their role is to protect life on earth from the sun's harmful rays. By the promised day, we are reminded of the truth of the day of judgment, during which everyone will be recompensed according to their deeds. And by the witness and what is witnessed. Historically, some exegetes have speculated that Muhammad is the witness and his community is the witnessed, that prophets are the witness and Muhammad is the witnessed, that people's bodily organs are the witnesses and their actions are the witnessed, and so on. In reality, the verse is general in nature and is not intended for anything specific. One needs to pay attention to the responses made to these oaths and the conclusions drawn from them. The third example is the existence of both witnesses and that which was witnessed as proofs on the day. The relationship between these oaths and their corresponding responses become clearer in coming verses. Parish the makers and leaders of the pit. This account deals with those rulers who threw believers into pits of fire to burn them alive. Once again, some exegetes have sought to link this with actual historic events. However, since the Quran does not offer unimportant information, these details are irrelevant. One should study the event itself, for such events have occurred from the time of Abraham up to and including our own era. The word ashab means people who have something in common. Likewise, ashabul akhdud in this verse refers to leaders who threw believers into pits of fire to burn them alive. A fuel-stoked fire. They made blazing fires in pits and tossed the believers in them to burn them alive. They sat around it, the ditch while they gathered around the pit and as spectators, witnessed the believers being burned alive and were witnesses to what they were doing to the believers. They were fully aware of the crime they were committing. Powerful people have engaged in this and other heinous crimes throughout history. For example, Rome's Caesars enjoyed watching lions tigers, and other wild animals kill and rip apart death row prisoners, as well as the latter 
fighting each other to death. This is precisely why the details are unnecessary, for only the witness and that which was witnessed will testify on that day. Maybe the witness is their eyes, for their cells observed these crimes. Whom they resented only because they believed in God, the Almighty, the praiseworthy. The leaders showed their hatred, anger and hostility toward the believers by subjecting them to burning and other atrocities only because they believed in the mighty and the powerful, Al-Aziz, and the praised one, Al-Hamid, namely God. One might wonder why the Quran lists only these two attributes as opposed to the other ones. Maybe these two attributes are enumerated because they highlight the root of the problem. Historically, the attribute Aziz has always been attached to monarchs' titles, i.e. pharaohs, to denote their strength and might. Because the believers adhere to the Quran, which clearly declares that all glory and might belong only to God, and that such claims made by mortal rulers are baseless, false, and delusional, they were thrown into the fire. The second attribute is Hamid, which is an intensive form of Hamd, praise. The believers withheld all types of glory, might, and praise to the powerful because these attributes are exclusive to God, who is omnipotent, unique, and worthy of worship. The believer's refusal to ascribe such attributes to any mortal ruler was, in reality, a thunderous rejection of their society's status quo and condition. In all such cases, the believer's only sin was to stand for justice and what they believe. The battle between truth and falsehood has been going on since the dawn of history and many of those who stood for truth and justice have been tortured and or murdered. For example, Abraham stood firmly against Nimrud, Moses challenged Pharaoh, and followers of Jesus and Muhammad were tortured or killed. This ongoing battle will end only on that day. The Quran's oath-like assertion reminds us of the protective system that safeguards our world and warns us of the coming of that day on which truth will become apparent and the witness and witnessed will testify to all of our actions. The one to whom belongs the dominion of the heavens and earth and God is witness to everything. Shaheed, witness, is the intensive form of shahid. God, being omniscient and omnipresent, is aware of everything. The word lahu signifies exclusivity, for he is the only authority and power, and since he created everything, the only Lord. So how could he possibly not know everything? How can one even imagine that God did not establish the Buruj and is not witnessing and watchful? Surely, as for those who persecuted the believing men and women and never repented, 
they will suffer the torment of hell and the torment of burning. A most grievous torment awaits those who never repented of participating in such evil deeds. Their maleficent actions caused wars and mayhem, destroyed lives and property, and produced countless widows and orphans. The burning hell within them is the result of how they lived, and thus the natural consequence of their own actions. But certainly for those who believe and do righteous deeds will be gardens graced with streams of water flowing below. This is the supreme achievement. In contrast, believers who engage in benevolent deeds enter paradise, with flowing water beneath them. The word jannat, gardens and or paradises, jannat, is preceded by lahum, to express exclusivity, for only they will enter the abode to enjoy an eternal pleasant life. This reward is an immense attainment. It may be useful here to reflect upon the meaning of the oft-repeated phrase, gardens through which running waters flow. For the pre-Islamic Arabs who lived in a barren desert, this expression sparked their imagination and created the vision of an exciting and blissful life. Fawz means salvation from life's trials and tribulations. Similar to a student who completes a school year with good grades. The greatest foes that one can achieve in this life is to secure one's place in paradise by having faith and doing good deeds. Your Lord's punishment is truly stern. Those who spread corruption in the land conceal the truth, or engage in other reprehensible activities, should know that God's promise is not empty, for he will hold them accountable and punish them severely. It is he who originates creation and restores. Observe how spring gushes forth life after the dead of winter, when everything appears so dreadful. Indeed, he initiates life and brings back people from the dead. Chapter 30, verse 50 He is the oft-forgiving and the most loving. Of course God is not just a punisher. It is interesting to note that when the Quran wants to describe God's reaction, it uses such adjectives and attributes as the oft-forgiving, al-ghafur, and the intensely loving one, al-wadud, it reminds us that while God's punishment is severe, He is also the forgiver, the loving, and the compassionate one. This tells us that one can develop an intimate and close friendship with Him. These verses focus our attention on the positive and negative aspects as opposed to the attributes of God. God can punish us severely, even though to punish is not one of His attributes. Lord of the Glorious Throne The creation of God, the Majestic One, is neither limited nor finite. Scientists have discovered that the known material world, which comprises billions and billions of galaxies, 
comprises only 4% of the universe. He does whatever he wills. No member of creation, which obviously includes humanity, can resist his will, for his ability to command is limitless and above all powers. So far, the discussion has been about those who think that they will suffer no consequences for their crimes, injustice, and oppression. Unaware of the fact that whatever they do is witnessed, on that day they will be rejected and receive a grievous punishment. In contrast, the believers who engaged in doing good deeds will receive God's forgiveness and justice. The chapter narrates an anecdote to illustrate this truth for those who doubt it. Have you not heard the story of the armies? Pharaoh ruled over powerless slaves who, unlike modern people, could not exert even one iota of power. Of Pharaoh and Thamud. Pharaoh claimed that he was their lord. People today can exert some influence over their leaders, and public opinion has become such a strong and powerful tool that it can affect and sway public policy. Even the most powerful contemporary leaders cannot fathom how much sheer power Pharaoh possessed. Yet the unbelievers persist in denying the truth. Those who do not want to accept the truth deny it and cover it up. They learn nothing from history, are ignorant of the consequences of their deeds, and continue their sins and crimes. Although the all-powerful God behind them surrounds everything and everybody, even though God encompasses them and is fully aware of their innermost being, they remain under an illusion that he does not exist. This is a glorious Quran. The Quran is majestic, just as God is majestic. The word Quran literally means recitation. Those who compare the Prophet with poets and philosophers and deduce that he uttered the Quran's sublime words through a divine spiritual awakening should realize that this is not the case. This verse clearly states that the Quran is so majestic a book that no one, not even the Prophet, could conceive of it. In fact, its literal words and meanings are divine, and thus not a product of any human mind. Inscribed on a guarded tablet Tablet, lawh is something upon which information is recorded and preserved. The human brain is also a tablet that preserves whatever is written on it. In the same vein, the Quran was first written in the minds of those who memorized it and was only written down in its entirety on paper at a later date. Today, the whole Quran and its complete exegesis are recorded on a CD, flash drive, and similar devices, all protected tablets. In reality, nothing is ever lost in this world. This chapter begins with Buruj.
structures that protect our world, and ends with guarded tablets. In addition, this chapter warns all despotic rulers who remain in power through unimaginable repression will eventually cause God to unleash a severe punishment, one that is far mightier than theirs upon the people.